The following podcast may contain opinions that Grandmasters Gustafsson and Fresinet may wish to distance themselves from. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not too sure actually because uh, recently uh, I surprised my, myself uh, agreeing more than uh, often with with Peter. Actually, we're off to a bad start, but let us begin anyway. Hi, everybody. I'm Jan Gustafsson. I'm a chess grandmaster, and welcome to the first episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast, where we discuss the chess world and what's been going on in it. I'm joined today by my two very dear friends. Guys, introduce yourselves instead of interrupting. I'm, I'm not doing everything yet. So I'm French Grandmaster, as you can hear probably, uh, Laurent Fresinet. And uh, well, I have uh, two great friends here. I'm very happy to be, to be here with you uh, discussing chess news and uh, being part of this Chicken Chess Club, even if I consider myself a part of Chicken Chess Club for, for so many years. Excellent. And uh, I'm Peter Heiner Nilsson. I'm a Danish Grandmaster, 48 years old, living in Lithuania. Uh, haven't played a chess tournament for eight to nine years because I'm a chess coach. I'm working for Magnus Carlsen. I used to work for Anand. And uh, I try to have opinions on anything in the chess world, and I'm happy to share them here. Some would say too happy, but we're very happy that we have this opportunity to get together and talk to you guys. We spent quite a bit of time Last year, when we were working for Magnus on the match against Nepomneshi, we hung out in some fun training camps in Lithuania and Spain. Then Laurent and I were in Thailand for a month during the match. Peter was in Dubai. And we shamelessly will use that USP that we have, that hopefully we know what's happening with Magnus. Although, do we know, Peter, you're his head coach. You can tell us everything that he's doing, right? I saw a picture on Twitter that he was in a Swiss student bar last night. So that's uh, the current location. Uh, but that, that is basically news to me. But uh, if we think more on his sporting career, I think he was playing the Norwegian poker championship recently in, in Dublin. So I thought we should uh, maybe start discussing poker on a... On a, on a chess podcast that seems very reasonable right but uh, actually we, we already played poker in the team of I remember some some game in Quago when uh, I, I busted your your pocket kings with a beautiful straight yeah that, I remember that. That, that that is true thanks for, for reminding me but to sort of stay on the on the subject I would say that uh, as his coach I would say playing a poker tournament I think is just excellent training for him this I, I have to say I really approve of um, someone like Magnus. Well, when he plays chess, he's always comfortable. He's the best player in the world. While playing a, a poker tournament, uh, sort of that's highly exposed. You can see his cards all the time. He's on the television table. It must actually be excellent training for nervous uh, situations, in my opinion. What do you think? You think he gets nervous playing a poker tournament? He's just uh, just hanging out? No, like I don't think he's. it's the same feel like a chess tournament at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree, and uh, but I think I think he's incredibly talented for games. And uh, how long would it be for him to to be a, a world class player in poker? How long? St I mean, like I'm, I would be curious to see uh, actually uh, him trying some different games. I mean, just to just I think it would be interesting to see because it it, it did incredibly well. But of course, it's only one tournament, but. Uh, yeah, he has this uh, focus, 
and concentration and uh, okay so we just praise magnus the whole podcast what that's what it's about how did he do like yeah, yeah. He, he made the money right 25th or something mm-hmm. yeah out of more than thousand players so no that was a oh, good I result i just uh, well laurent got the direction somewhere I, i didn't want to go i wanted to stay with the the training perspective i actually <laughs> think that that's the podcast is all about yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> anyway um, what I want to say is that chess it feels incredibly familiar and he knows he's the best in the world I mean doing something that you are not the best at always there is a risk you will look rather ridiculous at some point and to do that on television I think that puts some stress I mean well for instance we play a simul it feels incredibly easy but if you have to do some kind of lecture on a slightly unusual subject I guess we would feel more nerv nervous because we get out of our comfort zone and I think playing poker like this is dragging him somewhat out of his comfort zone but uh, well you might disagree but uh, I think it's a great way of uh, actually training stress uh, for him I only do things that I'm excellent at like podcasting so I, I have no opinions on the matter but it doesn't seem like he's playing much chess is he what's what's going on he's playing this champions chess tour Norway chess Peter any any training any tournaments planned what's happening well I think uh, isn't uh, I mean well I mean he played uh, Wyke already this, this year then he's won one or two maybe already he's won two two, two online tournaments two. right that's free and now uh, I think in the end of this month there is the Masters event of the Magnus Chess Tour which is uh, well it's a uh, on location online tournament in a way they're gonna play in Oslo as far as I understand um, you understood it right yes and then they will Start basically the have, have eight players and uh, well they are gonna do it like an esport that they are playing with computers but in the same room and such so well it depends if you count count online chess as uh, playing chess but I think for Magnus it very much is so to say that he's not active I think is uh, somewhat wrong but it depends on which focus you have obviously but uh, I think he thinks that he's competing quite quite often it's going to be his fourth tournament this year uh, and we're in the fourth month it's, it's quite some frequency and uh, well there's going to be Norway chess after that yes all right Laurent I interrupted you which I've never done before I feel very sorry Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to team up with you anyway because uh, it's clear that Peter is already annoyed at me. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's let me ask something to Peter actually because you claim that poker so is a nice uh, way to to train in a way. Uh, so, what 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 did you think about the the, the bullet uh, the bullet session he played before before the match? You, you thought that was uh, a good thing or compared to what? Uh, I mean maybe it's not ideal but also i think it works for him he gets into touch with chess and such uh, that's the way he does it he gets some positive emotions i but isn't he too good shouldn't he be in an uncomfortable so. situation where he's not used to, to for better training not bef not right before the match no then he has to sort of ease in and build comfort uh, confidence so i i i can see that's coming fire from two sides here but uh, no i i i think that What he did be before the match uh, made a lot of sense. He actually tried to get his uh, chess head working and such. Uh, and now, well, maybe he wants to try something else. And uh, well, he likes to compete uh, and such. So I, that strikes me as quite reasonable. But again, well, it's very easy. He's the, he's the best in the world. He does what he pleases, and we we have to praise it because it seems mm. to work, right? All right then. 
let's move on from Magnus. He'll be back in chess action soon in this Champions Chess Tour and maybe tackle the the broader, more serious topics. What's happening in the chess world? Obviously, the war in Ukraine dominates everything. Peter, have you been following um, yeah, the the overall situation, obviously, but what's happening with with Fide, with Kayakin, with Dvorkovic, where do we where do you want to start? Well, if I have to pick, I would start with Dvorkovic because um, well, Dvorkovic is uh, also in an awkward spot, and uh, well, there is rumors circulating uh, about him at the moment. There is uh, well, there is this guy called Neo Leonid Nevslin. I think he's he's quite famous for well he was involved with the Yukas uh, at some point and I'm not sure what exactly his role is now but he was having sort of an update on what happens um, in the top of Russian politics and sort of uh, he was giving updates on uh, the status of Shoigu the, the defense minister who's actually also a member of the Russian Chess Federation board but he was saying about Dvorkovic that um, first he was saying that a case is being prepared for uh, against him in Russia. But then he said that uh, Dvorkovic has actually managed to get out of the country together with his uh, wife. Um, no one has confirmed that, uh, as far as I understand. And also then there was uh, conflicting people saying that, well, the day after that, Dvorkovic had to um, go to a, a board meeting at a, at a uh, Moscow university. So his whereabouts and locations is somewhat unclear. And I'm talking about that there is rumors that the Russian states want to press charges to him or interrogate him. But there is also at the same time yesterday, the Ukrainian Chess Federation published that um, they are filing a chain, uh, a case or Ukraine is filing a case both against Dvorkovic, against uh, Kayakin, against Shipov and actually forgot who the fourth person is. So, well, Dvorkovic is heavily squeezed from both sides at the moment in a way. And I think uh, just today I saw that he gave an interview commenting on the Kayakin situation, or rather, well, he said that he couldn't comment on it uh, because that Fide, well, there is an ongoing case and he can't comment on that. So I think Dvorkovic is trying to lie low at the moment and even his whereabouts is quite unclear. But rumors are that he's in Dubai. Just for context, Dvorkovic is the Fide president, the president of the World Chess Federation and he is, as far as I know, go up for re-election soon. I read some article that your former boss Vishy Anand was also on his ticket in some yet unknown capacity. But yeah, as you mentioned, must be a very, very weird, weird spot for for him as well mm -hmm. in the currency. This point. is this is all 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 very sad, of course. So, um, what do you think, guys? How how it will, uh, and do you think Dvorkovic will be will be able, first of all, to participate in the election? Frankly, I haven't given it much much thought with the horrible, horrible situation and the atrocities that continue happening yeah. in Ukraine. I believe it's so hard to predict for anybody how. It will go. I don't know his exact position, and I also don't know how the public opinion will be, no matter what his position on having a Russian running the 
running the federation mm -hmm. i i just have no clue peter is probably closer to i, I Go ahead. yeah I, I had different interviews from Vokovic and it was a bit uh like he, he has uh he's giving when when it's uh, in europe or fide is as a different uh let's say speech than when it's in russia which sounds um, i don't know uh it's of course a tricky situation for him but uh sounds it, it, it cannot it cannot be like that for forever basically uh, at some point he has to to make a clear statement and say what he thinks so it's pro pro russia or pro pro ukraine basically oh i i agree with uh with, with Laurent there that uh, English-based interviews are well. For instance, he's, he has said that um, his thoughts are with the civil uh, population of, of of Ukraine, and that of course has uh, created reactions in Russia. But of, in Russian, he was also talking about a few days later about uh, well, a world without uh, Nazis, which in in, in the current context uh, is 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 uh, created to the the Russian narrative about. Uh, Ukraine and such in that sense. Well, I would say about the upcoming elections that everybody was expecting Dvorkovich to win on home ground in, in Moscow. And there has there's, doesn't really exist any kind of opposition in FIDE as far as I know. So Dvorkovich is uh, well expected to win more or less without um, a fight if it, we talk only in chess terms. But of course, uh, the general situation in the world could change that. I mean, you could, for instance, expect sanctions where Russians are not allowed to hold um, higher positions uh, in sports federations. And that would create some situation. I would expect that, at least from the rumors I have heard, that the FIDE's plan is then to, well, replace Dvorkovic with someone uh, lower in, in rank, like, uh, for instance, Nigel Short uh, or something like that. But, um, well, as far as I understand, some such thing as an opposition within FIDE simply doesn't exist and based on that he's just expected to win uh, a landslide victory but the question of course is that if the rest of the chess world actually decides that we cannot have uh, a Russian uh, president or if sanctions comes that simply makes it illegal to have uh, a Russian president of a sports federation that I think is uh, and that's gonna also be affected by the uh, upcoming scenarios of, of, of the war and such. what would you like to to happen given the current situation you asking me sure yeah for sure well I have I think that the chess needs to distance itself from from Russia. There's no doubt about that. Um, well, Dvorkovich himself have have mentioned that. Um, well, at some point we was maybe at ninety five percent funding from Russia, while now we are down to to eighty percent. But um, well, I think it shouldn't be like that. So basically, well, I have always or I am in favor of um, changing uh, the sort of the out view of chess to be Russia centered to to be well like. Let's say Europe should be independent on uh, Russian energy. So should the chess world be uh, independent from uh, Russian sponsorship uh, and such at the moment? And I have no doubt that that goes also with leadership. So that's what I would prefer. But at the moment, the odds of that doesn't seem very promising as I see it. Why are you 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 are not running? <laughs> well, because it's a democracy. I, I I would support you. Yeah, but uh, well. Thanks. <laughs> That's, That's nice. No, let's uh, be be serious. I mean, there is no sort of uh, candidates coming forward or something like that 
at all. So yeah, we, I haven't. Well, the point is there is even not uh, names or anything like that circulating, as far as I understand. Um, I have not heard any attempts of uh, creating a new ticket. I don't know if you have heard anything. I mean, well, for instance, someone like Kasparov was willing to run uh, eight years ago, but that has not at all been mentioned this time, for instance. So, um, yeah. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything serious about a new ticket slash candidate. Um, yeah, Kasparov has been, of course, very, very outspoken. Well, for for years and years now about mm -hmm. the situation. And I would guess that he's he has other things on his mind right now than running for yeah. the presidency. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Kasparov. Yeah. Kasparov is uh, maybe always been a different league, but he especially is now. I mean, he's uh, obviously extremely concerned about this uh, situation. And also, well, I've apologized to, to Kasparov on Twitter. I will happily do it again here. I mean, Kasparov was uh, screaming out warnings for the last uh, many years. He published a book in 2015, for instance, uh, Winter is Coming. And uh, it just seemed extreme at that point. And uh, me and many others, uh, well didn't believe him and consider him uh, very extreme. But it, well, if you read it now, it looks like incredibly spot on with his analysis of, uh, of Putin and things to come and such, which is just, uh, it's a shocking read to do it now. I, I, I can only recommend that. But I think for, for Kasparov to limit himself to just uh, running the chess world, I think uh, he thinks much bigger things has, is at stake right now. And that's a very reasonable uh, thing. And he's, uh, it's not like he's an opposition leader, but he is a very, a strong uh, voice uh, at the moment. Yeah, with hindsight, it stands yeah. for, I guess, um, also a lot of things in the West that the opinions seem to be. Yeah, we understand your your guy Putin is up to no good, but uh, how bad can it be? And he's been very serious about how bad it was going to be exactly. for years and years. And yeah, it's just just sad. It wasn't yeah, so I think he started after he, he quit chess. So, I mean, like basically mm -hmm. like from 15 years ago, he started to, I mean, to, to, let's say, um, to tell, I mean, like what, 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 what would happen with Putin? Mm -hmm. Like he said, he said about it like uh, 15 years ago. Okay. He wrote this book in uh, like seven, eight years ago, uh, but he was absolutely right. So he probably studied yeah. everything and, uh, yeah, unfortunately. No, he was involved with that. He was also demonstrating and even arrested at some point yeah. uh, like, like that. Yeah, that's such, right. So, um, yeah. no, but also you can see that the chess world has changed only very recently. I mean, well, we used to have uh, Gazprom as a sponsor, for instance, and such, right? Uh, Rosatom as well. At the, uh, the, at the World Championship, which is actually not that many months ago, the, the one giving the trophy is now under sanctions, for instance, and such, right? I mean, there, there was no doubt about that. Uh, it's half a year ago, maybe eight months ago, that Putin had a greeting on the FIDE webpage, for instance, and such, uh, to, to all the nations. Um, well, these things are going to change now, uh, but, uh, well, a bit too late, Kasparov would probably point out. Yeah, so one more question for, for Peter about FIDE, of course, FIDE is his topic. So many claims on Twitter that uh, Dvorkovic is the uh, best FIDE president we ever had. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on that? I have no, I actually, I mean, I, I don't have any, any, I mean, I'm following that from, from far and, uh, okay, I have no well, opinion on that. what are your parameters? Um, well, he has been good at, uh, let's say, bringing in money. 
But, well, is it good for chess that we have been connected to Gazprom, Rosatom, Norilsk Nickel and such? Well, with hindsight, well, I think they have created a feeder that has grown stronger, but has been extremely dependent on uh, Russian money. So, well, it depends. What is your parameters for being a good president? My main parameter is transparency. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that I understand. Well, I used to complain a lot about these things and such, but I think right now they are too small uh, compared to what is happening, I would say. But uh, no, I'm probably one of the few who will say that I don't think that they have done as well as people claim. That, that the normal talking point is that Dvorkovich has been an excellent president, but is a Russian uh, and such. But, well, I think he might have done things that uh, people appreciate because uh, tournaments has been happening and such, but it has come at the expense of... Uh, strengthening the ties between uh, FIDA and Russia and uh, they were already strong uh, before the beginning so I think he is link linked chess even closer to Russia it's and that is gonna change now <coughs> it's also hard for me to to judge or even wrap my head around these things I I don't know much to me what I've seen Dvorkovic always seemed like a decent man but ever since this invasion of Ukraine started like everything has become so so strange and I don't have any smart answers like for example I've been doing commentary with my friend for at least 20 years Peter Svidler who I think we know where he stands on all these things but even yeah working with Russians feels so strange now I can't just say yeah what's uh, what's happening in your life like we know what's happening in his life but can you talk about mm -hmm. then you also feel is this really number one priority to or is this really a thing one should worry about when yeah families civilians cities are being slaughtered and yeah. brutally destroyed in Ukraine while in Germany where evaluating and hesitating and talking about a EU solution and debating if our president should be welcome there instead of ever doing everything we can. It's all very, very sad. I'm sorry, I'm a bit off topic, I guess, but I want to get that on the record. No, I generally agree with you that we tend to have it political. It would be more sense to talk also about, well, there's actually a lot of Ukrainian chess players who, well, has been in in trouble uh, in many ways. Uh, well, one chess coach was uh, was killed, unfortunately. But well, for instance, a few days ago, uh, I think women's grandmasters uh, Gaponenko managed to get out of her son, right, and uh, with with her kids. So that is uh, some piece of good news. And uh, as far as I stand, uh, former two times European uh, women's champion Natalia Shukova is still in Odessa, as far as uh, I know. Well. And uh, no, a lot of uh, Ukrainian players are, has been in, in in very tight spots and and still are. And as far as I understand, it's also well, uh, bigger fights could be about to come. Right now, there's maybe some kind of standstill, right? But uh, I mean, especially in, in this region that uh, Gaponenko luckily managed to come come out of, there seems to be things happening. So you can also argue it's a well. We are debating the situation right now, but it can change dramatically in a couple of weeks. Basically, it has been changing constantly all the time. So we are just giving the picture right now, but uh, things are about to develop. No, it's all heartbreaking. There's always this whataboutism. There's other horrible things have been happening in the world. But of course, it also hits so much closer to home when you when it's people you know, when you see the picture of the Ukrainian national coach standing there yeah. with a gun guarding some spot like it's all... Yeah, just mm -hmm. terrible, terrible. I was in Berlin recently at the main station and you see all these 
families arriving there with little kids and women and yeah it's just mm-hmm. no it's just heartbreaking um yeah it, it felt that it couldn't happen actually i mean that it was just impossible that the war was the war times were over mm-hmm. i mean I, I mean to me I, I would never have guessed i mean like and just now it's just so 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 terrible like something that feels uh, unreal because we didn't think it was possible I mean, I didn't think it was possible. Maybe I was also naive thought. about it until the uh, so. yeah, until it actually started. Like it's yeah, probably yeah. dumb in hindsight. I, yeah, I uh, guess that was the general impression. Although you could also argue that we are chess players who tries to think think very logical, and if we don't see sense, we don't believe it's going to happen or something like that. But I mean, we n- we thought it wouldn't happen, but it was not like uh, United States were not telling people to run away and run fast from Ukraine in days leading up to it and such and still uh, well no one really thought that nah, it, it, this is not going to happen and things like that but um, no there has been a lot of heartbreaking pictures of chess players we also I think I forgot his name but you, you see a grandmaster just lying in a probably in a, in a bomb shelter as far as I remember reading a Duretsky's Endgame book and such right there is a lot of people who has been, been been trapped. Also, as chess players, yeah. I'm not sure it's a problem. I sometimes think about that chess, in a way, makes you think that everyone will stick to the rules and in life, in relationships, yeah. in business, in politics, whatever. Like, okay, that things operate to rules, but I never understand or never anticipate that someone could just ignore these rules and that you can do that in real life sometimes with insane consequences like here i'm not sure i i i quite agree with you that chess in a strange way is a gentleman's game because the rules are very defined and we behave in a in a proper way while in politics uh, or especially in war there is simply no things no, no such thing as as rules and this i think feels very unfamiliar to us in, in that way yeah before we we move on we have to talk kayaking goes without saying I disagree with everything he's been saying and I found well, especially this these first tweets with the triple smileys about yeah people getting killed there yeah I found them them hard to hard to stomach how do you feel about the decision to to have him banned for I think six months and not playing in the candidates I I, I will I will just say that uh, of course I disagree from uh, with everything about uh, what Kayakin said in the last uh, couple of months, but it's it's very actually, it was it was a bit shocking to me because it's um, okay we knew that he was uh, pro Putin, but uh, actually Sergey when you uh, meet him in uh, real life, uh, he's a very kind guy, and uh, always very correct as a chessboard. I, I never heard about uh, any troubles. He played the match with Magnus. He was. Uh, a uh, short gate uh, sportsmanship at the end of the of the match, even if he was probably the the closest one to 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 win the match actually. So he was probably uh, very much disappointed. But uh, I don't know what's wrong with him, and uh, uh, well, that's uh, really really disgusting. And um, well, about the ban, uh, I think um, well, it seems that people in the in this. Um, um, in this committee uh, was serious people and uh, even one is Johan Sigerman who, uh, who has been organizing this uh, uh, Sigerman tournament for, for many many years so I don't see 
I don't see him as a, as a lawyer for, I guess, <laughs> many years. And, uh, well, I don't see him toying with the rules and, uh, you know, making it for for his own pleasure. I think he just uh, followed the, the, the laws. But, but, but let's see. I mean, I guess uh, the Russian Federation, maybe Peter knows more about it. Uh, I, I guess the Russian Federation filled an, an appeal. Yeah, the the Russian Federation has has uh, uh, made an appeal to to the CAS, the the sports uh, court. Uh-huh. But well, on kayaking, well, kayaking had this point of views for a long time. I don't know if you remember in two thousand and fourteen he was uh, posing uh, on a very famous uh, place in, in in Crimea, quite soon after the annexation with a pro Putin T shirt and such. He had this kind of uh, views, but uh, well, like well. Kasparov would be upset about it. The others us would think it's a bit uh, embarrassing, but we wouldn't really do anything about it, right? Uh, on Twitter, I also wrote that, well, Kayakin is incredibly s- strong as a chess player. And also, as you said, in private can be very kind. But let's say he, he's not an intellectual. He's not like, for instance, uh, Dubov, who will have uh, complex worldviews or things like that and such. He's very simplistic in a way. So, I mean... I don't think it surprises anybody like this. Um, and uh, if we had to guess which Russian would do that, everybody would point to Kayakin. He has very much been the well focal point of, let's say, Russian chess propaganda. Of course, there has been other players as well. Of course, uh, Nepomniachtchi recently when he was the challenger and such. I wouldn't name him in the um, same sentence like that. Um, I wouldn't name no, they are, the they, are, they are different. I mean, Kayakin is much more extreme. It seems like the others maybe have done it to somewhat voluntary, while Kayakin is going completely all uh, in, in on, on, on these things. So that's very different. I really think that's um, a different case as for Kayakin. We all knew where he stands politically and his worldview, well, I mean. but cheering yeah. when people are getting slaughtered to me is a different different dimension. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's also gone even further than he has done before that we would expect for him. And I mean, a six month ban for me is a bit weird. If anything, well, I, there I, I somewhat agree with what Dubov says. Well, I mean, well, if you actually punish someone for this, uh, then three yeah. years sounds more normal. Six, six months is uh, a rather mild sentence in, in a way. Um, but I understand that the six months um, is, I mean, had the candidates been in six months and three days, I guess uh, he wouldn't get a six month ban, uh, for instance, and such. So, of course, it affects his sporting career quite. But his sporting sense. career is not that active as a chess player. And I think Magnus had that point um, if, that he wasn't sure, not sure if I'm quoting him right, if it made sense to make Kayakin a martyr, I also wasn't sure. I don't know what the rules are, but just as a PR stunt, I don't know. Either you disqualify no. him for a long time or you don't and show him that mm-hmm. such a stance is yeah. not acceptable in the chess world. But yeah, let's topic is upsetting me. Let's let's move on. Yeah. So he's out of the Can candidates. Yeah, Sorry. but. Yeah, but in a way, he's not. I mean, like he's disqualified because nobody will invite him right. again. So he can only play this uh, FIDE stuff if he's not disqualified by uh, this uh, ban. Mm. Uh, but FIDE stuff, I mean, it's qu- what? It's World Cup. Uh, it's some Grand Prix, and then if you manage, you you have candidates. But yeah, it's not made to amount. So his career is I basically. Don't think he's uh, been seeing himself as mainly a chess player for for a while. Anyway, it doesn't no. matter. 
but I would, yeah, if we stayed a bit with it, I would think that Russia will try and help him. I also see that the recent development is that it seems that the Russian Chess Federation is applying to become a member of the Asian Chess Federation. Uh, and if they succeed that, they will be under less sanctions and maybe to play in in that direction. It seems like, uh, well, their focus is changing uh, to, to, to Asia in that way and such. At least, uh, well, they have actually filed an application to be moved from Europe to, to, to Asia. And, uh, so, But I agree that this is um, an upsetting subject. Maybe we should simply move on mm -hmm. and then update what happens uh, later if, if there is de development, which there certainly will be. Sure. Yeah, so for now, Kayakin is out of the candidates tournament, which will happen in Madrid in, I don't know, the sense of time, in like two months. Yep. June. Mm -hmm. uh, start 20th. And therefore, 20th one needs somebody else to step in. The rules have been confusing to me, at least. I think you needed to play 30 rated games until whatever it was, the end of April. And Dingler, and then mm -hmm. the highest rated player who qualifies makes yeah. it. The Chinese number one, Ding Liren, who wasn't very active recently due to the pandemic. I'm also curious if you guys know exactly what's happening there, because other Chinese players have played in, in tournaments. Anyway, he's been on a mission to play these 30 games to be eligible for the candidates. He played this, what's it, a quadruple round-robin tournament where he scored like 10 and a half out of 12 and three and a half out of four against every one of his opponents while the opponent drew all their games. Then he played a match against Wei Yi, a bunch of draws. He won the last game. And currently he's playing, what is it, the Asian qualifier? Asian Asian games yeah. qualifier, yes. Where he has two out of three. Made a quick draw with White, somewhat surprisingly. Some Berlin exchange, everything. But how do we feel about Ding? Do we feel um, that there's something strange going on to me ding is above questioning when it comes to yeah i don't think he's cheating he's there's no track record there and also the games i've seen look normal but does this tournament look strange to you that they set up or what's going on there and first of all i'm a big uh, ding uh, fan i must say and he fully deserves is put yeah, in the career sporting wise just st st stating stating the obvious but of course, these tournaments are a bit weird. But in a in a way, it was uh, it was the only way for him to to get to candidates. I, I regret a bit that uh, uh, Chinese Chess Federation okay he couldn't play, so they could organize some tournaments like a few months ago, maybe just in case. Uh, that would have been uh, that would leave a better impression than these tournaments where Ding is playing. The others are making doors, uh, one after another, basically. In the first tournament, they all made doors. Uh, except the game uh, with Ding, but uh, except other than that, I mean, I understand the Chinese Federation. Let's say if I would be in charge of the Chinese Chess Federation, I would <coughs> obviously uh, offer some a chance to to Ding to to qualify uh, for the candidates because he's a great player. He has been unlucky. We remember he could he could play the last candidate, but it was in terrible conditions, so he had to to spend. Because I, I think there's a problem for for Ding that he lives in a province where it's you have to go to Beijing and stay there, some quarantine, uh, so he has to, sometimes it's double quarantine, triple quarantine, I don't know, but it's uh, very, very tough for him uh, to travel. So the only, I just, I, I wish uh, we will see him in Madrid, but I, I, I regret a bit that, uh, well, 
should have they should have organized some tournaments a few months ago why not uh the way it is done now it's a bit weird i would say i'm, I'm not feeling uh exactly comfortable i would like to see you in charge of the chinese chess federation way yeah. yeah. <laughs> stop playing playstation <laughs> study some end games come on what's going on there yeah i could i could see that anyway i also want to add my five cents um well my story with ding if you remember the for the previous candidates tournament ding qualified by uh, being number two in the world cup uh, behind radiava of losing the finals but ding would have qualified anyway by rating and in the semi-final he was playing his compatriot i think it was yu yang yi and uh, yes. of course people were thinking that from a chinese perspective it would make a lot of sense if ding lost this match mm-hmm. Because then uh, there would be another Chinese player in the candidates, and Ding would qualify any way on average rating. And I remember, for instance, I, at that point uh, I was uh, chatting with with uh, Anish Giri, and uh, he was a bit nervous about the situation because uh, you guys well, chat regularly. If Ding would would, would sorry, you guys chat regularly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were a pretty good friend at that point. We were chatting about things in the chess world and such, uh, and uh, well. No, I mean, Ding just won the match. And, uh, well, basically, then you are above suspicions because, well, he could simply have chosen to bring another Chinese player into the candidates. And if you want to go complete conspiracy, you could do that, but get rewards uh, from that later and such. But he actually knocked out um, a Chinese player so that Giri could get in the candidates instead. Um, About the current situation, well, we have to remember that it didn't seem relevant for them to organize all these tournaments because there was no spot in the candidates for grabs. It was only because Kayakin is disqualified that this 30-game uh, rule came into to play and relevance. And, well, in my opinion, it's much, much worse making tournaments for someone who is behind in rating to catch up than someone who is clearly ahead in rating just have to fill the formal criteria of uh, these games, a uh, number of games. Of course, Ding is winning rating as it is, I think. I haven't checked, yeah, but I think so. Like but, that's, but, but, yeah. but that's not really the point. The point is that even if he lost 20 points, he would still qualify. I mean, he's not trying to cheat his way in uh, because we all understand that he's strong enough, but he has to fill some kind of formal criteria in order to... Um, get there it's like uh, well everybody understands Gustafsson is, is a great coach but to, to be able to teach at the Olympic he still has to get a uh, no uh, anyway <laughs> you have to get a feeder license because that's the rules and such and uh, I think Ding is just trying to fill in the legal requirements uh, which uh, for what he obviously has the qualifications and I think in this terms it is uh, fair so enough, to sum up it. we're more happy to have Ding who deserves yeah. to be in the candidates than the Slightly bitter taste left by that first tournament, I guess is fair. Mm-hmm. Other players, sorry. Yeah, but the, 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 the next one in the line was Aonian, so it, it feels a bit unfair to to to, to Aonian. And uh, while well, Aonian would have deserved uh, the, the spot for sure, maybe a bit less than Ding because Ding has been. Uh, I think he was the next. We expected him to be, maybe with Kawana, the next one of the two. Uh, Mm-hmm. The big, big favorite for uh, the last candidates, and uh, actually, I felt before the previous candidates that it was Ding's turn, and he was so unlucky. I mean, like everything was going against him, and he was not complaining at all. I mean, he's, he's a very, very nice guy, and uh, mm-hmm. now he's taking a chance, and it's fair. I agree with Peter. Uh, yeah. I, I also feel pity for Aronian, but I was uh, rooting for Aronian in the 
in the last Grand Prix to qualify. He's a fantastic player who always uh, has been part of the world elite, but somehow in, in the World Championship cycles has uh, not really had um, well the right moment at the right time and such. But, um, well, well, it became Nakamura and uh, Rapport, and I think, um, well, they simply won the competition, which is f- fair and straight as far. So, Adrian had his chances. Well, again, I would have loved to see him in the candidates, but uh, it didn't turn out like that. And maybe that is our cue to talk a bit about um, Nakamura and Rapport, for instance. Yeah, let's start with Richie. He's been an incredibly strong and unique player for... For a long, long time. Now it seems like he's stabilizing a bit as a yeah, as a top 10 member. Also, his openings look a lot more serious to opening nerds than, than they used to be. I'm not sure if it will lose him, make him lose some creativity. But overall, it feels like he's just gotten stronger. Does he like playing chess? Like, um, I don't know well, but we're teammates in Baden-Baden. Usually, whenever I meet him, he says it's time for a break. Enough chess. Like, I want to take half a year off. And also his interviews seem to say, I mean, he clearly loves the game, but he doesn't seem to be enjoying being a chess professional. No, the stress of chess, so to say. Or is that just his public persona? I can't really figure it out. I think I think it's it's height. Actually, I know him, uh, which is my boy. I know him quite well. I went to his uh, home like 10 years ago to have some some training. He was even my second in some in some tournament. Just the talent. Uh, the talent is just uh, incredible. He was... I was giving him some studies. He was solving them like in very, very fast. Um, so this is obvious. And you had a good point that uh, his repertoire just clearly improved. Uh, his opening repertoire because you cannot go to these super tournaments with uh, playing uh, uh, Chigorin or some <coughs> crappy Spanish. I mean, it's very, very difficult. Chronic uh, Presidente, so he, he used... Yeah, exactly. It was his recommendation. Actually, uh, so yeah, I don't know what what, what happens there, uh, but um, uh, the point uh, that uh, Richie used to love a lot. I mean, like uh, chess. I remember ten years ago. I mean, it was all day long. He was checking uh, chess. That's for sure. Uh, but now I think the, the stress and uh, playing tournaments. I mean, we we know uh, we know it's tough. Uh, we've been offering quick doors uh, <laughs> because it's tough. So. Um, yeah, it's tough for everyone, and uh, uh, even we saw uh, even uh, Magnus is uh, of course it's World Championship matches, but uh, we saw him uh, uh, very nervous at, at times. So uh, it's a lot of stress for everyone, and some people they just uh, it's tougher for for some people. But I'm incredibly happy, and uh, I guess in general the lineup for candidates is just just brilliant. I mean, like uh, with many uh, young rapport Duda. Very interesting players, and uh, let's say Nakamura, Ding. I mean, these uh, top players for for decade. Mm-hmm. So it will be incredibly interesting to watch. Yeah, agree on that. Nakamura, he didn't play chess for two years. He's become an incredibly or tournament chess, I should say, incredibly successful mm-hmm. streamer, and then he just comes back and qualifies from the Grand Prix. That that's first of all very very impressive. Were you guys surprised? Yes, uh, let me jump in ahead of uh, Laurent here. Yeah, yeah I was very surprised there. I well, of course. Uh, I mean, I have been Magnus's second, and he had some 
difficult matches with, with Nakamura online and such, which he managed to, I mean, for instance, he managed to win the, the final of the previous tour, only 4-3, and I think in Armageddon in the last match and such. And Nakamura have been a tough opponent, but I don't think anyone expected it to hold up in, in classical chess after a two-year break, and I would be surprised if Nakamura thought so as well. Also, we have to remember Nakamura was close to the top. I think he was even world number two at some point but that basically he was yeah. drifting down before he became a streamer and such so um, no for me this is uh, the most uh, surprising uh, chess result in, in, in quite a while also i simply didn't think he has these uh, ambitions i think also he said that well he he would much rather keep his uh, one million followers on i don't know which platform it was than to become the world champion such that simply his focus seems to have changed and that he actually managed to force himself into the candidates is uh, very if he wins the candidates do you think I... magnus could say no to a match against nakamura this has to happen no like uh, Nakamura should have a shot at stopping Sorum. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I don't like it uh, when people say, you know, I come to the Grand Prix, I don't care. It's not important for me. I mean, come on. Uh, if you don't care, just stay home. I mean, like, of course, he cares. He cares a lot uh, about his chess. Uh, he's proud. I mean, that's that's 100%. I mean, anyone who has uh, played against Nakamura or uh, <laughs> talked to him, uh, clearly, he's very proud about his chess. Uh, there is no uh, doubt about that. So, so he cares, and uh, he won't go to the candidates unprepared. Uh, that's for sure. But I, I agree with you. That was very impressive. Uh, impressive result. Maybe it's Yanistan time after 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 Nakamura because this is a time of uh, stream. That I was mean, the like, plan. Uh, but look I looked into it. It seems like you had to be a decent chess player before you become a streamer, and then you can come back. But you yeah. you don't become a decent chess player by being a streamer. Oh. But also, this is uh, we call it the chicken uh, chess podcast, uh, the chicken cl chess club. I mean, well, we talk about rapport, <laughs> sort of being nervous, and we talk. Sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and we talk about Nakamura trying to say, I don't really care. Uh, well, it's all about talking expectations down. Maybe so, he literally I mean, doesn't care. Yeah, but, uh, well, then he wouldn't show up, as uh, Laurent says. Well, you, and no, he wouldn't play so well as well. No, he, he well. wouldn't. Pre yeah, yeah. I think that it is all about talking expectations down. And, of course, they, they care, to, care to, to quite some extent. I mean... Well, I don't know I mean, a single top player have... that plays a tournament and doesn't care. Like uh, even <laughs> I care when I play no. a Bundesliga game. Like uh, who doesn't care when they play a tournament game? Well, exactly. It's impossible to play chess for fun when you have. I also it, don't uh, think he said he doesn't care. Or I don't know what what he no. said, but to be unsure no. what to expect. It, no, it's what he says in every second interview. I mean, like it's just for fun, you know. It's a lot of fun to play. Don't care about the don't think about the result. Don't care about the result, which is, uh, I mean, it's bad, bad PR in my. I mean, maybe, maybe it's very good for him and his followers, and they think it's nice. Uh, but in general, I don't. I mean, like, how it's many clearly, chess uh, players hasn't sort of announced that they retired and just kept on playing? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's quite a, a bunch. Did you retire, Peter? What? Well, I tried to tell people I was retiring, but no one took me serious. But I actually haven't played a tournament in in nine years, I think. So I think I, for one, actually can well, argue that I'm retired. But um, yeah, Jan and myself, we didn't announce anything, but uh, we what? just did it. Uh, Thailand yeah. Open 2022. <laughs> uh, I do care a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> so no, but um, well, 
Also, I mean, a lot of things has happened in chess since Nakamura basically played a tournament. It's not like he has been part of, let's say, the new, new neural ne network uh, things and such. So this is uh, this is quite surprising, I would say. I mean, that he actually managed to compete at this level really puzzles me, I would say. Um, well, he did very well, though, in uh, in the rapid against uh, Magnus. I remember this uh, this match in uh, seven sets. Uh, they played like it was like one and a half year ago. Uh, so he won like three, uh, three out of seven. So which is quite an achievement against Magnus. I mean, not many people. Uh, I don't. I think he's the only one uh, who beat uh, Magnus. Uh, uh, so often, so he's incredibly good in, in rapid, and rapid is, uh, let's say, closer to, in my opinion, uh, closer to classicals than uh, to blitz. So it's of course a surprise. I fully agree, but uh, it was clear that he was still uh, into chess, uh, very much. Into yeah, chess. to my mind, he's always been an incredible player. When he had trouble in classical before he started playing less, obviously also because of the pandemic, it was usually against the very best with black because his opening repertoire took some hits there now especially in this queen's gambit declined he he got caught every now and then by the likes of fabi mm -hmm. and so on and well i'm not sure if he's had that in the in the grand prix but i i'm also pretty sure that someone has told him about uh, lila and that it won't be hard he yeah. clearly has the means to to fix the technology gap if you if he wants to if there was one so i'm yeah. curious to see how he's going fair I think also I wasn't allowed to say my opinion about uh, Rapport, so I will mix it together with Nakamura here. But I mean, both, let's say, Rapport and Nakamura maybe suffered from not having that strong openings. And uh, that's the good thing, that you can just improve that by getting better openings. And I think, as, uh, as Jan is trying to say, because of Leela and such, it has become much easier to get good openings. And this actually... The, the current time favors the, the best chess players and uh, Rapport and Nakamura has been pretty good at playing chess in the sense of not making blunders, exploiting blunders and such, while their opening understanding has perhaps not been too good. But uh, that you get a lot of help. But I think that is that is quite a factor that they have uh, so good results. It's the tragedy of our chess career, no, Peter, so that yeah. it seems to be yeah. that it's much harder to get good at chess when you have good openings than exactly. getting good openings when you're good at chess that's the the brilliant point if you have a good chess player with bad openings you just fix it well if you have us with good openings but yeah. not that good at chess well you do a podcast right so i mean no it's uh, there is a reason that these two are, are doing well i would say behave behave talk, talk, talk no but he kept this guy uh little john no i saw him again in in berlin so picture so the guy was he was claiming that he was working all the time so guy uh is of course not a uh, very strong uh, chess player. He's not, uh, mm -hmm. which was always weird, but he's a pro. I mean, he's a pro of computer, I think. That's what he said. Well, that he, he came to the same result. He famously says that he came, he, he has the same result than Kasparov, but faster. Uh, so that was very, of course, very dis disrespectful, of course, towards uh, Guy Kimovich. Uh, but, uh, well, um, so I think his openings were, were, were okay. Uh, in uh, in Berlin, it was uh, mm -hmm. it was fine. He has this guy working and uh, seems to be. To it be works for him. Not it was not great, but he, he, I think it was okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. I went there in Berlin um, to the tournament. I was there there for a day. 
sun was shining was a nice little little backyard it felt very strange to be at a chess tournament i didn't go in i didn't see or i went in once but you can't go on stage you can only watch from upstairs i didn't see much of mm -hmm. the players but it seemed like everyone was happy also felt the mood to be actually back playing playing chess yeah. having chess tournaments having a place place to go to um so yeah well, uh, Gitschuk was not, I mean, like, Gitschuk was one of the few, of course, uh, for Russians, it was very, very, very uh, difficult, I guess, to just to play, and we come back to the topic, but Gitschuk, I mean, it was sad, because Gitschuk would, he's a brilliant player, and, uh, well, he didn't get, uh, I mean, like, he, he was clearly not in the mood to, to play chess, simply. No, so, also, our boy Dubov yeah, clearly hasn't been him, yeah. himself. With Grishuk, I guess you watched this press conference. I was so upset he got interrupted when he was make, trying to make this, this yeah, big yeah. point yeah. He, he wanted to make. But yeah, it must be, must be a tough situation. But as mentioned before, nowhere near as tough as to being in the Ukraine, being a Ukrainian runner. Um, all right, mm -hmm. I think we've gone through most of the big chess topics there are. A few smaller ones. Shout out to my countryman Matthias Blubaum, who became the European individual champion. The European Championship usually it's seen more as a qualifier for the World Cup, so most of the best players that are already qualified for it don't participate. But it was still nice from a German perspective to to win that title. So congrats to him. You actually got a new, new German to... generation, is my impression, right? Yeah, I think a bunch of the guys are are looking good. Like Keimer, of course, especially also did great in this Grand Prix where he played in in Berlin. And then yeah, for for the others we have Bluebaum, um, <coughs> Svane, Donchenko had a rough stretch recently. Collars. It remains to be seen if they can cross that what I call this typical strong German grandmaster level around. 2640, 2650, good openings and make the next jump. But I'm optimistic that, that they can do it. It seems like stuff is happening there. They're not mm -hmm. 13 years old. Like. Yeah, we played a bunch of, yeah, we played a bunch of European Championship and he made, I think, plus six. He started with five out of five or six out of six. Or in the end, it was plus six. And uh, we can all say that <laughs> it's not it's not really easy to, to, no. to get there. When you get to plus four, you're already um, mm -hmm. very, very happy. And... Uh, Generally, Jan and myself would would sit on it because we would play together. But we're the chicken chess club. When we had plus <laughs> four, like games would usually last uh, not not as long as before yeah. we had plus four. No, like you try to to make the first whatever twenty two it is to qualify for the World Cup, and to actually go in these tournaments to say, okay, I'm not just trying to qualify, but I'm gonna try to win it. Like it's it shows good good attitude, not not something yeah. we endorse in the chicken chess club. Yeah, of course. Other than that, yeah, I don't know what's what's been happening. They played this open in Reykjavik, which was won by Pragnananda. Laurent, what's your take on the young Indian stars? Who's your favorite? Like Nihal Erigaishi? Erigaishi. He's Erigaishi. Yeah, I'm very impressed by Erigaishi. I mean, every every time I am looking at a game, I'm very impressed. Unknown to at so, least most of us, like a year ago, and now he just seems stronger yeah. than everybody and poised yeah. to be a world class yeah. player. Very impressive. Erigaisi, uh, Sindaov. 
Sindalf, okay, he's not Indian, but no, ju just to name the, the few ones. And of course, our French boy uh, with the best of all of them, of course, Ali Reza um, uh, will be in candidates. But I see these uh, three guys. Uh, the future has for sure. I want to guys. ask you about Ali Reza actually, because Ali Reza. He hasn't played a chess tournament yeah. in, I don't know, half a year. What is he doing? Is he fine? Is he sitting in short preparing? You can correct my French. That's your chess. No, he went to the... <laughs> you, you, you could see some uh, some picture on Instagram uh, where he was in some island. I don't know. I don't know where. Uh, actually, I met him in, in Paris and he told me like uh, he was going for, for a week to holidays and uh, three weeks later he was still not uh, back. Living the so, life. He's enjoying life, I think, uh, enjoying life and also uh, walking a lot, uh, that's for sure. I mean, the guy uh, doesn't spend a day uh, without uh, uh, walking on chess, but uh, yeah, he will play in uh, in Gonchester uh, soonish in uh, Bucharest. Uh, start of May, so that will be some uh, some practice uh, before candidates. But every time, I mean, like he's doing that. I mean, like before uh, Grand Suisse and uh, European Championship, he's doing a break of three four months, and then he's coming back and crushing everything. I mean, like every time it's the same story. So I don't know, maybe it just works for him, and it, it's what Peter said at the start of the show. Yeah, whatever. I mean, with Magnus, it's the same. Yeah, I mean, whatever works for him. Uh, it's good. I mean, we have to 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 praise it because it just works for the moment, and he's world number uh, two or three uh, at the moment. Uh, he's only eighteen. Who who is he working with? I mean, I Do think, you know? I it's don't a know. Secret? Does he work by himself? Does he have like the finest French coaches? What's going on there? No, I know. I know. Yeah, he has a team. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Going oh. I thought he was showing no showing up with Chip Chip Arena at some place, right? Yeah, he was in Norway chase yeah. with Chepainov, mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. But I think he has... I mean, the guy is clever, so he, know, he, he, he knows he, he needs a team to, uh, to to make it work, simply. I mean, like, someone, some people like us has to <laughs> has to click, has to space bar. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, let's see in candidates. I don't know what, what's your opinion. If he's... I think he's a favorite already. I mean, like, he has a... Uh, 30%, I would say something like around 30% chances to, to make it to the match. And that would, as far as I understood, that would keep Magnus into the game. So we have to, we have to vote for Let's Ayeva, keep the right? big candidates, uh, Magnus uh, prediction debate for, for another episode. Okay. But uh, yeah, he, he probably does stand a chance. <laughs> Either way, thank you so much for listening and making it through the first episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. I don't know how stuff works. I guess I should tell you to subscribe, listen to wherever podcasts are. We'll figure out all of this, this stuff down the stretch. But I like the idea of talking to you guys once a week about nonsense. And hopefully we'll, we'll keep it up. We will keep it up. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, Laurent. Thank you. Bye-bye.